You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. I'm rising, everybody. I'm Deontay Damper, and we're here with the day with Trey. I'm so happy to be here. And I'm... <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm just so happy to see. Oh, oh what's up? How you feeling? Oh, I was just making sure I ain't got on the same shirt as yesterday. <laughs> I mean, I'm feeling good. I'm supposed to be gone, man. We got we got big news, big things happening. How come right, camera can't be you. on me? I see. We we got. Hold on, let me tell you. We got big things happening down there in Portland, Oregon. And I was actually supposed to be on a 7 a.m. train, but I, what happened though was very big news yesterday in the city of Seattle with uh, Mayor. Bruce Harrell announcing his appointment as in, from interim chief DS to now permanent chief. So I thought that I would skip that train. Remember, I, I've been telling everybody all week I'm going to be going on Wednesday. But, you know, it's really important and big news that happened yesterday at City Hall. Yeah. I, you know, congratulations to Chief DS. He has okay. been doing he's been putting in work, I guess. Uh, we don't need to ask Deontay if he's a fan of the chief. Then you you just put it out there. Hey, that, uh, you know, I, 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 at the end of the day, uh, I'm giving credit to where credit's due. Yes, we have a lot of work to do when it comes uh, to injustice. But I, I would I would say this right. We'll get into the clip here, but I would say that you know I I don't know the other chiefs or the other candidates, so unfortunately I can't make a real like comparison. But what I can say about Chief Diaz is that Chief Diaz, that's what I'm saying, he's he's recognized right. on the block. You go out to the south end, to the central district, and you go to, you know, organizations, advocates, churches, you know, parents. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, and youth, um, you know, before before he was promoted to an assistant chief when Carmen Best came in, um, and even after, though, to be honest with you, all the way up until, you know, protests, things like that, he um, – he spent a lot of time out there and I will say this as well. Cause you know, I'm fair is that the last time I called chief Diaz is when they were shooting up there at the CD Panthers practice. Oh well. And, and coach Elmore told me like, man, the parents ain't bringing their kids to practice. And I called the chief of police. Like you suppose that's what rich white people do. They call the chief. They call right. the mayor. I'm like, man, we need to act like white people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I called the chief. I said, chief, what do you have to say to parents who have kids at the CD Panthers? And the chief got on air, and recorded something and everything else. So, I mean, that's my experience with him during the interim chief. As you can imagine, on the flip side, I got a whole lot of issues that I can bring up around SPD. But I will say that um, that Chief Diaz, his, his work in community precedes him. Absolutely. I have worked with him since I came back home. And um, I definitely say congratulations because at the end of the day, he has showed up when, when in, in, in most spaces. And when he's been held accountable, mm -hmm. he actively <laughs> listens. Yeah, I mean, so. Chief Diaz was the only person, actually. I would say this, though, man. I think that he should continue along this path, but he's the only person to ever apologize for the Seattle Police Absolutely. Department beating the shit out of, you know what I'm saying, peaceful protesters who were up there on Capitol Hill, who got gassed, hit with projectiles day after day and everything else. You know what I'm saying? And so, I mean, start right there. But anyways, as usual, 
when we go over there to City Hall, you know, I mean, I can ask a variety of questions, and I don't want people to think that that my our my ability is only around the black community. That's just where our focus is at. Clearly, black media matters. So, you know, I asked Chief Diaz what you got to say to black folks in the Central District and the South End. And of course, right after that answer, Mayor Harrell jumped in as well. Here you go. Although public safety is a citywide issue here, I want to give you an opportunity to talk to black people in this city, in the Central District and the South End, and talk about what your commitment is and in public safety moving forward. Number one, I have been working in our demographic communities in, our, in the Central District, in the South End. I have worked on youth violence. I'm still working on youth violence even today, even all the work, because I, I'm, I'm committed to making sure that our communities of color are not experiencing the death of a loved one, that they're not experiencing you know, potential stops that you know, create a dis, you know, disparate impacts uh, in the community. And so I am committed to making sure that we put policies in place, training in place, that we hold people accountable for their, for their actions, but we also make sure that we value the hard work that our officers are doing every single day to making sure that people uh, that live to see another day, that they, you know, we put uh, uh, tourniquets and chest seals and all sorts of different life-saving measures to make sure that we are helping save lives uh, in our community. And that's what that, that future commitment is. I will be, you know, continuing to be out in the community, I'll continue to be out uh, as a voice for the community's uh, issues and figuring out, making sure that we are uh, honoring our public safety uh, charter. What would I say to our beautiful black community in Seattle? That first of all, you see many leaders of that community standing with me, not behind me, standing with me today, with us, I should say. That number one, our, our, our answers are found in the community. So whether it's public safety, whether it's education, whether it's housing policies, we will continue to look to the community for answers. That was why yesterday in our cannabis legislation, Omar, thank you for being here. We said when we invest in a needs assessment, our answers on how to look at the war on drugs and how we resolve and solve these issues will come from the community. So what I say to our empowered black community is you have partners in this administration and the work that we will do together will be sustainable way after all of us are dust. That's our commitment to the black community. Well, um, I must say throughout this process, uh, congratulations to Chief Diaz, but the mayor's been rolling out this week. What you think? The mayor and the administration. Over there. Yeah, I mean, you know, I hadn't been up there months and two days in a row. You know, I was I was there in the Norman B. Rice room on the seventh floor there in City Hall. Um, you know, and I would just say this. The other question, I didn't put it in here, but the first question I asked Chief Diaz is I was like, yo, man, Chief Best, this black woman was sabotaged Absolutely. by members of her command staff. And those members had been on the force for years or decades like she had. And so the thing is, is that Chief Diaz is coming in here you know what I'm saying? And a lot of the people around him are the people who've been here for decades. And, you know, the, the chief best commands to have acted against her best interests, the Seattle Police Department's best interests, and the best interests of the citizens of Seattle with no regard and impunity because they're like, yeah, it's her career, not mine. Yeah. You know, and so my question for him was like, bro, how you going to come in here and actually have clean house? Right. You know what I'm saying? Because the thing is, if you hire a chief from out of town, like I think the other chief, the candidate, one of the other candidates was from Arizona, Tucson. 
he's going to come in with his own commanders. Right. You know what I'm saying? And everybody else who's a, a who's an assistant or deputy chief, they go back to being a captain, right? And then you come with your own command. Now, Diaz is working with the hand that he's got internally here, you know, and he said that he's he's filtering through them and he's, you know, he's got his system, which is good because Best ain't had no system. And although people are like, oh, Carmen Best, she left the police force because the city council disrespected her and this and that. Carmen Best also knew that the Seattle Police Department and the commanders uh, that were underneath her did not necessarily have her best interest in heart. You see what I'm saying? And that's what people don't want to talk about. All the stuff people talk about is real, that they wanted to cut her pay. You know what I'm saying? They didn't talk to her and all those other things, but internally inside of her own department. And also, let's not talk about how what black officers face there in the locker room. These guys want to make a big deal over there talking about that the cops shouldn't wear Black Lives Matter uh, uh, shirts over there into the precinct, you know, and they're changing. But, you know, you see a lot of MAGA hats and some of everything else over there. So there's a whole culture in SPD around Carmen Best that people don't talk about. But I would just say this to sum it up is that we know Diaz. They said sometimes the, the, the I don't know, the devil you know right. is better than the devil that you don't. But, uh, you know, I would be remiss here, you know, especially as a journalist and a member of community, to say that Diaz doesn't have a track record well before all of this stuff when he was just a sergeant right. and being engaged in community. Absolutely. Um, and congratulations to him again. I, I look at you. You ain't getting away from that. I, I, not, uh, I, I have to say it because, you know, at the same time, when, when there were conversations when it came to advocating for our community members, he's he's been there. No, I, no. I never D say, Diaz has showed yeah. up. One thing that I'll say for sure is this is that every time that we've called Chief Diaz to speak, you know, it's a lot of public officials here who run as police chief, man, they got so many layers of just subterfuge. You might not never talk to the chief. Every time that we've thought, now, whether he said something that we like is totally different right. or agree with, but he has made himself accessible. I know that, that you got Apple, you know, Apple is like the truth on so many levels. You know what I'm saying? This is a businesswoman, entrepreneur. You can teach him financial literacy, making it happen. You got dope ass business in the hood on the block. You know what I'm saying? See, so CD, CD people give each other so much love, and I wish that they would do hello. that for people from hello. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Anyway, do you do you hear somebody talking over here? Apple? It's just me and you right here. But look, but I know you got Apple in here. But and, and usually Brian Callen is here on Wednesday. Brian couldn't make it today. Man, whose phone is it? Somebody's getting fired yeah, today. Definitely not mine. <laughs> uh, but Brian couldn't make it today. But he pre-recorded something, and, and and we were talking about it. And we'll see. I haven't seen this package, but Brian lives in West Seattle, so I'm assuming some of what he's recorded here has to do with the West Seattle Bridge. Hey, Deontay, I'm sorry I couldn't join you for the day with Trey today or the day with Deontay. I hope you're having a great time there. And I just wanted to update people on what's happening with city council stuff and city news over this week here. We all saw it yesterday, the naming of Adrian Diaz as the new chief for the Seattle Police Department. We didn't cover that in the show, but that happened right before we recorded our program. So it's definitely something we're going to be keeping track of. But there's so much going on right now for the city council, for the city of Seattle. We definitely were talking about that because this is the time of year where we are just before 
the mayor sends out his budget proposal for the year. So that happens on September 27th next week. So in between that time and now, you're going to see a lot of action from the city council working on new legislation, trying to make sure they pass things either before the budget deadline there of around October when they start really putting this thing together or after they really want to have some issues in place that they can start voting on them in December when the council is going to be back at it again after the Thanksgiving recess and they're actually able to concentrate on something else other than the budget. So with regard to what's happening with the new police chief, I'm really interested and I was talking with my co-host David Croman about this on the show. I'm really interested in what's going to happen with the Office of Police Accountability. Now, as we know, there's a new director of the OPA, that's Gino Betts, and he's talking about being a different leader than Andrew Meyerberg was, who was the previous leader of the OPA. So Mr. Betts is talking about making this an all-civilian department. He's talking about releasing all video footage from police uh, and police reports 30 days after a complaint is filed, a definite departure of what was happening before. Now, what impact will this have on the police department? What will this what impact will this have on the negotiations for the Seattle Police Officers Guild contract? That's the kind of stuff we're talking about tonight on the program at seven o'clock on Seattle News Views and Brews. Another thing we're talking about this evening is a tweak to the families, education, preschool and promise levy. It's changing a little bit so that more people can actually get involved in that program there. So a ton is happening there. I should also point out that something else we're looking at is what's happening with the Parks District. Now, the Parks District is this separate layer of government. All the members of the Park District are actually members of the city council. So they're doing the voting on this, but they're looking at a budget right now and they'll probably pass it out of committee over the next few days here. And we'll actually see some activity on this very soon from the council. But here's what's interesting here. Looking at this, it's not just the investment, which is about $117 million, a little bit more than what we've paid before, but it shouldn't be too bad for taxpayers in terms of what we're looking at. But the biggest piece that I'm concerned about, and there have been some concerns raised about this, the mayor wants to ramp up something called the Parks Ranger Program. Now, this is a group of people, goes around in parks, mainly issues verbal warnings to make sure that people are taking care of themselves. They don't bring guns in parks, things of this nature. If that happens, they have to actually ban somebody from the park. So these Parks Rangers, though, brought a little bit of controversy in front of the city because some people were saying, wait a minute, these rangers actually might be the people who are rousting homeless people out. And we don't want them involved, these critics said. We don't want them involved in these sweeps, in these sweeps of homeless camps. So the city council went to great lengths over this past week to make sure that they explained to people this is not what parks rangers are going to do. But we will see what's happening with there and I, uh, happening there. And I think there's going to be a lot of scrutiny on that parks rangers program as the city of Seattle ramps it up. We'll see how they interact with police as well. We'll see how they interact with our parks department and people who are staying in our parks and sometimes sleeping in our parks. So a lot going on with the city council right now, a lot going on with the mayor. We are keeping it real here on Seattle News Views and Brews. It's tonight, seven o'clock on Converge. Make sure you check it out. If you want to talk to me, well, check me out on Twitter. Hit me up at Callanan Seattle. Have a great day, Deontay. Thanks. My buddy, Brian. Now, you guys can catch News and Group Brews tonight at 7 p.m. Thank you so much for speaking, brother. I still want to know about that bridge. Now, next up, we have my girl, Apple. My girl, Apple, in Washington. Here for A for Apple Daycare. Look look at that. Yes. That looks like a handcrafted motion graphic. Hello. Ooh, there go Apple up there on the big screen in the studio. All right. Per usual, oh, I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, you know, man, I'm just trying to do my part. And, you know, I would hope that people would stay engaged and involved in this issue here 
with, um, you know, the, the new police chief is an opportunity. I mean, like like the decision or not, it's an opportunity for those who are engaged in community to press a button, a reset button, you know what I'm saying, and figure out the best way forward in dealing with the Seattle Police Department through the chief. Dealing with the, the mother folks, <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation. But uh, so, you know, we're hopeful and just want to encourage community to stay in the conversation. Absolutely. That's what we're here for. Black, black media matters. And we'll be right back here with The Day with Trey. Baseball is a beautiful game, especially when played in community. Earlier this summer, Baseball Beyond Borders took a powerful, eye-opening journey through the heart of the South, which included baseball, civil rights, and reconciliation. Our young kings hosted a baseball clinic at Jackson State University in Jackson, Mississippi, and hit the road to Montgomery, Alabama, by way of the historic Edmund Pettus Bridge, to visit the Equal Justice Initiative Museum and Memorial all in an effort to ground our kings in their history and find serenity in the sport they love to preserve the cultural legacy. Join Baseball Beyond Borders on September 27th for the premiere of our film, Reconciliation Tour, at T-Mobile Park's Alice Pavilion from 3 to 5 p.m. Hear from those on the front line as well as special guests as we elevate our promise to bring healing through play. For tickets or to donate, visit BaseballBeyond.org or check our social media platforms. And welcome back, everybody, to A Day with Trey. And I have a guest who is Converge Family. Yes, I love I you. Hi, Apple. Hi, Deontay. <laughs> how are how are you doing? You stay busy. Uh, well, gee. Yes. yes, I do stay busy. I'm <laughs> well, doing good. Well, mainly just with our kids. You and you come from this legacy of yeah. educating our, our youth. Mm -hmm. So I, I just want to start off like you're out there on Jackson. We were out there. We yes. proof we're out there celebrating with your family and friends yes. um, with the grand opening. How has it been? It has been great. Um, we officially opened in July. Um, we're full with our toddler and our preschool classroom. It's wonderful. We have a very diverse um, group of families. Um, I always let them know we're your family, too, because we're a community. So we're your family. It's awesome. Um, and I'm launching my after school program this Monday. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I, one of the main <laughs> things I was really excited about when I seen online. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes. So um, we're inclusive for all. But my target is BIPOC families and BIPOC students. I really wanted to tap in to make sure that they're not left and that they're actually doing something constructive and fun and getting stipends at the same time for their time. Yeah. So making it fun for them and keeping them engaged and hopefully they're building team skills, self-independence and just um, stepping out of doing some things that are the norm. I know I reached out to uh, my Facebook community and asked, what are some uh, things that you would like to see your school agers do after school? What are some enrichment programs? And I heard um, different things and I was like, let me tap into the arts right. and crafts. And so I reached out to Kay, the paint lady and 
we have a three-year partnership now. And I also reached out to um, Child the Chef. And we also have a three-year partnership. Um, I know Child the Chef will be teaching cultural cooking, um, healthy living. It's going to be fun, all for BIPOC students. And um, Kay, she'll be doing arts and crafts. She'll be taking the students on field trips, um, art museums, bringing in guests. So we're really trying to keep them engaged, doing something other than a sport. Yeah. And I mean, and keeping people engaged and keeping community engaged is what yes. your family has done. Can you tell us a little bit about that legacy? Because your grandma's been in ingrained in community. Your yeah. mama. <laughs> so, yeah, of course, I always tell everyone I'm born, raised, currently, currently reside and have ownership in the Central District outside of my business. I own a home in the Central District that I grew up in. My mom actually started a for Apple home daycare um, in that home, raised myself, my two younger brothers. We didn't have a bedroom. We watched her build her business up from the ground up. When I was in sixth grade, I'm like, okay, mom, I need my own bed. She was blessed. The neighbor said, you've been a good neighbor to my mom. I remember his name was Mr. Junjo. Um, he said, you've been a good neighbor. And I came back from fifth grade camp and my mom literally was throwing our things across <laughs> to the next house. Oh, wow. <laughs> and she expanded there. And then as I got older, I went to school. I got my degree. I'm like, mom, the need is here. We have a long waiting list. I'm tired of families calling. I don't went to school. Can can I just be your business partner? So I changed the name to A for Apple Learning Center. I, I always tease my mom. She didn't believe that A for Apple Learning Center was going to be this big Absolutely. and this established until three days before our grand opening. She was like, oh, OK, we got to get this, that, this, that. And so here we are on 23rd. So now my mom's able to reap the benefits of being um, the executive director where she doesn't have to work as hard. She just, I tell her, just sign the checks or just sign the paperwork for us. Uh, go sit down somewhere. <laughs> you don't got to be in the class, even though I know the classroom's her first love, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm just thankful that I'm in a position to be a business owner, be her um, co-business owner, and... Um, she's able to kind of sit down and enjoy the benefits of, hey, A for Apple's on a whole nother level and we're expanding to serve the community at a greater capacity. And I'm just so proud of y'all. Shout <laughs> out to the Slate family, right? Because, I mean, y'all are out there, but I, I, I want to also just ask you in the areas of like, how yeah. can community support you and, your, and the efforts, mm -hmm. right? What can we know about helping educate our children as well. What, what are some of the yes, things? Yes, um, I always encourage families, put the tablets down, talk with your child, um, build that relationship with them, get to know your child and see what they like, see what they want. Um, it, always reach out to other providers like myself. There's great providers in the community. I have families reach out to me for questions, which I think is simple, but they're reaching out to me. So I know it's a need. Um, so reach out to your community, ask your providers, uh, instead of just looking at books, I I'm more so hands-on experience instead of just reading. Um, right. yeah, reach out to your providers. Also, um, I know we've been working with a lot of community leaders, um, to try to clean up the area. I, I get a lot of questions. Well, the area that you're in, well, 
don't nobody come and bother us. Um, I feed um, the homeless. I feed the people across on, on um, at the bus stop every Tuesday. They get a, a wet and dry box. So instead of rah, rah, yeah. I, I try to work together with them. I'm working with um, community leaders to try to get um, some policies and having the police do patrolling more, just feel a little more safety, you know, um, that's what we're doing. And that's what um, community can do. They can reach out to us providers and reach out to us, see how you can volunteer it's always good to have older um, generation yeah. in the learning center. So again, that the younger can see hands-on experience. And it's all about that support. And you, I just have to say, you know, you are a part of this legacy. I am. We see us getting <laughs> defeated by, we're getting defeated by gentrification between you and organizations like Africatown um, and Catfish Corner. You guys are, bring, are, are, are back in our area and let alone yes. showing up. How does it, how do you feel about being a part of that legacy? It feels amazing because I know that I'm going to be here for at least 15 years. I say I'm going to retire, but who retired? Who really retires? You know, um, it feels good because I know that I'm for community. I know that people can reach out to me and I know that I'm supporting what needs to be for our area and for the younger generation to feel safe and encouraged to be great. So, yeah. <laughs> so if you could do me a favor, just look in that camera and let people know how they can support your next upcoming event. Definitely. Um, so our after school enrichment program will be running through June of 2023, feel free to reach out at a4applelearningcenter.org or call 206-860-0230. Get your child enrolled. We have a few more slots. This is awesome. Who doesn't like free money? Get your children in. Again, any questions, do not hesitate to reach out to the staff. We're here to support you. And also, I have to give my mom a shout out. She has a three-year partnership with Best Starts for Kids um, to support children in the King County area who needs subsidy assistance. You don't necessarily have to go to A for Apple Learning Center, but my mom is here to support families with getting childcare paid. She's able to support 200 to 400 families a year. So feel free to reach out to her. Again, our phone number is 206-860-0230. Her name is Miss Deborah. Shout out Miss Deborah, I love you. <laughs> and I love you for being here. You are a Converge family. We appreciate yes. the work that you do with educating and building our youth. And please feel free to come back at any time. I of love course, you. And I love you for being my friend outside of business. And you're my friend in my personal space. Right. You're my friend. I love you, D. I love you so much. <laughs> and we will be right back with A Day with Trey. I got to thank. Thank y'all. Welcome back. But I got to thank Brian Callahan, Big O, and as well as Apollonia for being the guest today. Please join us tomorrow while I will have the lovely Jalen Scott from Lavender Rights Project, as well as Baseball Beyond Borders. You don't want to miss it. A Day with Trey starts tomorrow. See you guys tomorrow. Have a blessed night. Day. <laughs> Converge.
Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.